You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Um, but uh, so are you, uh, are you in uh, Chicago now? Yes. I, uh, so of course, Quimby's bookstore over there in uh, yeah. Chicago you have, right? Yeah, I worked there for six years. Okay. The yeah. Something Rather Than Nothing podcast scene made it onto the shelves a few months ago. Oh my that God, wonderful great. store. I watch, um, so everybody, Quimby's Bookstore in Chicago, uh, one of the most amazing places I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, amount of zines and um, small publishing and just incredible variety of everything. I was there, uh, Corinne, and I found a book called Kathy Acker in Seattle. I adore Kathy oh, yeah. Acker. Yeah, I adore Kathy Acker. Awesome. And it um, kind of talked about her time in Seattle and around um, Riot Girls and like the scene that was going on there and some of her influence within it. And uh, around that time, I was talking to Mark J. Palm uh, and just kind of connecting more and I'd seeing like a whole kind of scene over that way. So I just thought it was just so great that a bookstore has a book like Kathy Acker in Seattle and just kind of led me on a path to really explore, um, you know, just a whole scene. Um, but you worked there for six years. Um, probably a quick, weird question, but what was your experience like? Oh, my God. I love Quimby's. It's one of my favorite places on earth. Um, I'm really good friends with my boss. Uh, she's worked there for, you know, over two decades as the manager, uh, Liz Mason. And I love her, my coworkers. Um, you know, I mean, it's retail, so it has its ups and downs, but I always, um, looked at it as if I'm going to work a retail job, that's pretty much, you know, the best it's going to get. And, um, I had a really wonderful experience. I learned so much and, um, just deeply inspiring to see all the zines and books and everything roll in every week. Uh, that's one of the things I miss the most about not working there is, um, just having access to all that new, new material for, you know, inspiring, uh, art creation. Yeah. They do a great, uh, Saturday morning. Well, it's Saturday morning out in the Pacific Northwest. It might be like noon or one o'clock, like every week of what's new and yeah. it's like 15, 20. I've, I mean, talk about a great use of like, you know, social media because, I was like Saturday morning, late Saturday morning cartoons here for me, you know, like it's a late, late morning, just like watching all this new stuff. I don't catch it every week, but it's like now I know what's in Quimby's, you know, like that week. And it has this yeah. kind of fresh and vital feel to it, you know? Hell yeah. So Liz and I, well, it was Liz's idea, of course. She's the manager. Uh, we started that during the pandemic together. Uh, and then, of course, when I left, you know, there's... Uh, new fabulous people doing it and it's such a great resource because that way it's like gonna give you ideas of what you want to pick up from the store you know what new um, zines comics and books are out there so they do such a great job it's uh, really a treasure for the community Chicago is incredibly lucky to have 
Quimby's bookstore. Amen on that. Everybody, we're mm-hmm. talking with Karen Halbert, and I want to tell you um, about her. She has a short bio, but I love the bio because I read the bio and I started jumping probably. <laughs> Corinne Halbert is a psychedelic horror artist with an extensive book collection. Her work is heavily influenced by an avid obsession with 1970s cult films and vintage comics. She is the creator of Acid Nun. All right. That's how you write. That's how you write an intro. Um, (laughs) um, And and love it. And then I I had encountered Acid Acid Nun before, but um, just for me, uh, getting closer to your art and looking at it, um, the color, the wildness. I adore strange movies. I adore comic books. I adore garbage pail kids. I adore vampires and fangs and it's all there somehow. And we started talking and it's Quimby's and one of my favorite places in the world as well. And you're from Massachusetts. I'm from Rhode Island. So here we go. Heck yeah. (laughs) Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. So when uh, people see your stuff or they're talking about, you know, your art, they're talking about Acid Nun. What's what's Acid Nun and where did it come from? Oh, man. (laughs) So um, I have been doing my own zines and comics since approximately 2009, so, you know, we're we're working on about 14 years here. I've self-published over 30, somewhere around 30, you know, zine comic type booklets. Some of those have been collaborations with other people, uh, such as my husband, Scott R. Miller. Um, we've done a few zines together. Uh, and, you know, I'm a real slow and steady wins the race kind of gal. And I... When I was a child, I was absolutely obsessed with all cartoons. I mean, anything with like really um, intense graphic black line work. And then, of course, the color. Uh, But with comics, I love black and white comics and color comics. But one of the things that draws me in is the line work. And so I just I love the aesthetic of comics and cartoons. I have really been obsessed with them since childhood. And so um, Acid Nun sort of came about, I, I, it took about a year and a half for me to complete it. Um, it started out as self-published individual uh, comic issues, one through three, a trilogy. And the reason I did that was because breaking it down into smaller pieces is what was what made it easier for me to actually accomplish the task of doing a graphic novel. Um, So the whole time I planned it to be, you know, a collected story, you know, my first graphic novel. And I was lucky enough to um, start working with Silver Sprocket on it. They're an incredible uh, publisher. I love everything they put out is just fantastic. They are the bomb. And um, they were just a joy to work with. I worked with an incredible editor, Ari Yarwood, which was um, really awesome uh, experience. And I think the book is all the better for that, uh, you know, having an editor. Um, And it's, you know, it's fiction, it's fantasy, but there are some autobio threads in there. And um, long story short, you know, I've had a lot of... um, 
tragic famil- familial death at a, you know, a very young age. And then in 2019, my stepfather, who was like basically my favorite person in, on planet Earth, just died all of a sudden. Oh, and gosh. Yeah. It just like ripped open all the grief I hadn't, you know, uh, wasn't able to process because the other deaths of my father and my grandmother happened when I was I was very young, you know. And yeah. so it just sort of compounded into this. Um, I got to a very dark place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I started having to do some serious work on myself. And, and within that process, um, you know, I that's sort of how Acid Nun started. Um, there are some other artists that I, I greatly look up to. I don't know if you're familiar with Matthew Allison. He yeah. um, did a book called Cancor, um, mm. which I think is he's one of the best artists working right now. He's, he's yeah. brilliant. And, you know, there's some other sources of inspiration, um, you know, like the comics and, and the weird movies. And yeah. I went to Catholic school and, you know, it all sort of collided together to just like needing to make this story as sort of a part of my own catharsis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, uh, I, I, I could, I could really feel what you're saying of like at that moment, somebody that important to you, you know, and the, the, the other things you didn't experience in the same way because you're so young. And, um, I think, I think f- what would come up or what you drop into as an artist, there has to be so important, whether the images are confusing or clear or what you need to get out or put out there. I think that's the challenge in whatever that content was for you. Amen. Just incredible to you to do that, you know, to be like, this is what that is. I think and talking to a lot of artists, I think part of the struggle, and I even say for myself is sometimes the what and the how that comes out, you'd be like, eh, I can't even. But um, I think when you create into something like you have, it's, I don't, it's just that much more. So thank you so much. Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 there's more to it than just the familial deaths, you know, um, there's other stuff that is unfortunately over my years of, you know, sort of spinning on, uh, you know, it's, fight it's, or flight or whatever you yeah, want to call it, uh, get, getting myself into some situations in relationships that, you know, were pretty traumatizing. Um, so it's all in there, you know, and, um, but I, I thought it was really important to make it, uh, I wanted to, to, to be a story of triumph and sort of pulling yourself out of a dark place because um, I just think a lot of people out there suffer from various levels of mental illness, you know, anxiety, depression, all these things, prolonged grief, delayed grief. And um, I was hoping to make a story that could help people uh, not feel so alone in that uh, space, you know, and um, because like healing the concept of, of healing is very important to me. It's important to me on a personal level and yeah. on a community level as well. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, saying that the book meant a lot to them in that capacity. And that's basically, you know, all I could ever ask for. Yeah. Well, and, and, and thank you uh, for that. And, 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 and thank you. I mean, one of the things in talking about art and creating and we're, 
great things come from, you know, they very much can come uh, from that. And so uh, I appreciate you talking about it. It's, it's very much part of, you know, how, how we do things. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I just, you know, so, and the thing is too, um, there's this kind of, uh, these things I've been into, uh, like looking more at, uh, cult films. I had a guest on the show, Dakota Newt, and I just kind of follow some of his weird movie suggestions. I've dropped into like, um, found footage channel on on YouTube. Oh my God. My husband works with those guys. He does strange tapes. Oh my. Okay. I don't even know. I got to <laughs> run backwards here to go <laughs> forwards. I knew this was going to happen two or three times. You and I creating this thing, we can do whatever the heck we want. Um, so I'll just say for myself, um, I out here, um, both myself and maybe some other people I'm coming in contact with really dropping in freely to found footage zines about strange movies reading deeply into these bizarre things that have been um created weird books all this incredible um stuff but i couldn't believe how much absolutely hilarious material uh in the found footage uh, oh, yeah. that was there i'm gonna like i I haven't watched it this week, but I realized I had a difficult week and I got to have it on for two hours because I laughed my ass off and I recognized some of the stuff, you know, like some of the stuff from the eighties, is like a little too close for me. So, (laughs) uh, so he works on the, tell me again, uh, he works on the, so he, he does um he does a zine called Strange Tapes and then he has a YouTube show also called uh Strange Tapes and so they have started branching out and you know they have um I can't remember the person's name they have somebody Midnight Rentals they have a couple other sort of sub shows um I watch them they, I watch them all I watch them yeah, all I got I got the zines the in the back corner of this room are the zines it's Awesome. Yeah. So he'll do, uh, it's been, it's been about once a month, you know, he'll do a new strange tapes, YouTube show, and then they air it on the found footage festival, um, channel. And then, you know, he has special guests and interviews people. I was on an episode that was really fun. I pretended to be him. I wore like a beard. (laughs) I got my homework today. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny. <laughs> wow. Thank you for opening up all these doors for listeners and myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we as as we go along here, plenty to to drop in and out of. Uh let me ask, let's uh let's like, you know, to make it completely legit, ask one of the bigger questions. Um I wanted to I wanted to ask you, um, you know, talking about your experience of producing Acid Nun and in, in, in your art, um, you know, everything that you put into it. But I wanted to ask you what what is art what do you think art is it's such an interesting question and it's such a you know every artist person you talk to could potentially give you a different answer and i don't think any of them are necessarily right or wrong um for me uh it's a lot of things it's a form of communication um it is getting in touch with my subconscious 
making the things within my subconscious become conscious. Um, it's therapeutic. Uh, it's joy. It's toil. It's pain. I mean, it's everything. It's like the whole full spectrum of the human experience. Um, and, you know, I, I have been drawing and painting um, my whole life. You know, I, I started drawing when I was like three. And I okay. was very avid about it all through childhood. Wow. You know, in high school, I, I knew I wanted to go to art school. You know, I had a brief period of time. Um, I read all these Madeline L. Engel books when I was a child. And there was like this short period of time where I wanted to be a marine biologist um, sure. uh, because, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, a lot of Cape yeah. Cod activity. Um, but it was always artist, you know, and then I went to get my, you know, undergrad uh, at uh, my BFA at Mass Art, Massachusetts College of Art. And I actually got that in film video. And Whoa, so okay. that's where I was able to work with amazing teachers, uh, Saul Levine and Mark Lepore, two of my favorite teachers of all time. Uh, Mark is no longer with us, sadly. Um, but the, they started to introduce me to like weird movies, you know, high art movies, you know, Jean Cocteau, Maya yeah. Darren, um, uh, all the just full spectrum of, you know, avant garde. Yeah. Uh, Stan Brackage, you know, all that stuff. And uh, then I took a few years off and I ended up, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school because initially I wanted to teach art on a college level. And, you know, things sort of changed for me in that department. So, I, I mean, maybe someday, but I'd like to do that maybe when I'm like older. Um, but I got my MFA in painting and drawing at School of the Art Institute. And that's what brought me out to Chicago. And yeah, that's incredible. I once you said um, the the film in in video, I could see in my head the um, that that some of those panels are totally film stills that yes. that you do. And I hadn't yes. until you said that I I didn't pick up on what I was seeing, but then I was like, oh my gosh, those are film stills. So real, I can see that now. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and and the connection between film, you know, screenwriting, um, you know. Um, when they do the, uh, you know, the artwork that they base the scenes on and comics, it's like so connected in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I feel it's really great that they feed into each other. I thought that was, that's so helpful to point out because I, like I said, I could pick up and see. And I think I was much younger when I first realized um, the dynamic of the still versus that within motion in recognizing my adoration of Stanley Kubrick was that mm. there were so many museum photos in the movie and they were strung together. Like there were yes. so many beautiful photos that he saw in absolute clarity, like that image. And then you would have what I think is the revelation is that these are strung together and start to look like, yeah, I, that's the piece for me, recognizing the still and then that. And uh, mm -hmm. I love that because I love film and I love the the panels that you peel through, right? So it's, yeah. how do I do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, that's why, you know, in my bio, I have the thing about, you know, having the book collection and my obsession with, you know, um, cult film, horror film, you know, yeah. just cinema in general. Because I, all that stuff I, you know, I use for references in my work and it's, um, 
you know, it all feeds together. All those interests, all those obsessions uh, is basically, you know, fed through some sort of filter. And then somehow I make my art. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, it's, it's great. And thanks for helping me see certain things a, li a little bit differently too. I think that's, of course. that's, that's part of the, part of the jazz. Um, uh, I, I love horror myself. Um, there's a kind of, I think there's a sub genres within the show. I've done over 180 episodes. Um, but one of them is, is horror. And I guess it's even a little bit more narrow. It's, uh, Friday the 13th fan films. I've had a couple oh, of nice. for the folks who, who do that. Um, but I've had some, some other, you know, strong horror themes when it comes to movies in the strangest ones that I see. They're definitely, you know, in the horror uh, genre. I, I dive deep into that. Always, just always love that stuff and uh, glad to kind of pull some of, <laughs> some of the, those images and, and such um, and such there. I wanted to ask you related to art and I uh, wanted to see a little bit more about what you think the role of art is. And um, there's just one other piece of the question, like whether that's changed recently, I talk to artists and sometimes they're like 2023 walk outside and you know, you're going to see eight weird ass things in like 10 minutes. It seems it just, it, it, things seem strange or things are changing yeah. or the, the uh, climate and, but what is the role of art? And is any, any tweaks to it lately uh, in, in your thinking? Yeah. You know, um, I think art is incredibly important to the core of society. Um, it's one of the most important things to me. Um, you know, uh, aside from spending time with loved ones, create the act of creation uh, on any level is pretty much my absolute favorite thing to do on this earth. And, you know, I think the role of art, it can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, I think it's a mirror. Uh, I think, you know, it's a channel to help people access things in their subconscious or things that they maybe don't want to look at or deal with. Um, it can sort of act as an agent to bring things to the surface, you know, and it's certainly a reflection of, like I mentioned earlier, just that, that full scope, that full range of emotions uh, and experiences that we have. It's not like, you know, it's not like you have a good day every day. It's not like you have a bad day every day. Now, of sure. course, there are some people out there that sure. do have a bad day every day. Course. And I, right. I have Understood. so much empathy for that experience. But most people, you know, it's going to be a pretty wide range of experiences and emotions. And, you know, how do we cope with existing yeah. on this earth? You know, and I think yeah. I almost feel like art is like the candy, you know, it's like. It's just like that delicious, sweet treat that you get to soothe your mind with. Um, at least that's the experience for me. Or on the other side of the track, you know, like that sour candy where you're like, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. And now I'm having this, you know, heavy revelation. Um, I do think we are in a giant transition right now, both you know, astrologically and on a society level. And I have no idea how this is going to pan out. Um, yeah. I really hope it's going to be better for more people. 
you know, the AI art thing is obviously like really intense, especially how it came on like a ton of bricks, like a ton um, of bricks. Yeah. And, Audio, and so, video, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think there probably will be some good applications for it, but you know, just taking any image on the internet and feeding it into a machine or like an app, like putting artist name and drop down menus. I mean, there's some extreme moral questions I have there. Yeah, like of, um, of use right from the get go or where the exactly. images come from. They don't Fair come use. from there's no robot hand there's no robot hand that originated the you know, it's no mm-hmm. AI hand that originated the thing. It's uh, when I've had discussions been that there's human hands in the content in mm-hmm. the content in yeah. the creation. So it's, uh, it's definitely tricky. I got an email yesterday about podcasting and just I, these ideas that come in right off the bat. I was like, what the heck can you do now? But it was like, if I, if we were talking right now and, um, I don't know, I wanted to like, redo or place in it kind of creates this whole thing of my voice and then i could just place in my voice and say different things at different times without saying them and i'm like whoa my goodness like so now is it like a a collage that i can it was all rather strange i didn't even process interesting so it's not even like a so it's not even like a natural conversation anymore it's like a polished conversation well it's like there's like these filters to take out the you know, the ums and the us. I, I talk uh, like I'm from, I talk like I'm from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Like if you get down to it with you, my accent will drop more into it. I ain't going to change that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love your accent. I was very comforted when I heard um, your episode with Mark J. Palm. Cause I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, he has to be from new England. <laughs> like, you know what too? Uh, my accent would have dropped more in because uh, I kind of gush over Mark J. Palm, but like is because, um, I was immediately so comfortable. Like I'm talking to my buddy on a couch and we're playing Aww. a video a video game. So I would just kind of like got into that. But Mark J. Palm, while we're on it, has created the first uh, what I think one of the first or few podcast uh, superheroes. So this podcast has created a superhero. My idea that uh, Mark J. Palm has realized for me is a uh, cyborg gorilla is a cyborg Harambe, a uh, revenge gorilla. Oh. And this uh, cyborg Harambe, which will be revealed soon, created by Mark J. Palm, cool. has a SRTN, something rather than nothing, rocket on the right arm. Very intimidating, Aww. very splash into the world. First podcast superhero, maybe. So <gasps> That's so cool. <laughs> I love him. He is such a great guy. Uh, incredible artist. One of the hardest working cartoonists out there. And his work is just phenomenal. And he's just a really wonderful person. I, I was lucky enough to get to hang out with him uh, out in Seattle. And he's just literally just the kindest, sweetest soul. Yeah, I, uh, you know, talked to him here and I've made, you know, big connections and I've been getting a lot of, a lot of his art and, um, and, uh, very excited. I'm going to be able to go up to Seattle for, uh, for, uh, a few days, uh, later in March. So I'm going to hope to, uh, meet up with, with Mark and, uh, maybe we can start creating a cyborg Harambe costume or something like that. Oh my so. God. That's incredible. It's going to get weird. And I figured I'd, <laughs> I'd recruit him and now I'm talking to you. I don't know. What we'll do, but we'll. (laughs) 
we'll go somewhere with we'll go somewhere with all this. I love so, it. Yeah. Um I wanted to um I wanted to mention and and, and see uh maybe is a little bit to draw people to um your work uh in with Silver Sprocket. I encountered Silver Sprocket um Oh, just a few years ago, and I might have been up in Seattle at some shop or wherever I was. And um, uh, great jump out at you, art, uh, politically vibrant, uh, just like electric energy, great pins and things. And uh, and when I saw that they were doing publishing, um, just seeing that the the care they put to the the artists and uh, what they what they create. So as far as getting uh, your stuff, um, acid, none, and zines, um, where, where do folks go for that? I just want to make sure I don't miss that. Uh, is it over to Silver Sprocket? Yeah. Yeah. So the Silver Sprocket website, they have, you know, an online shop and you can order my book uh, through their website, uh, you know, at their store. Um, I always recommend, you know, getting in touch with your local indie comic book uh book and uh comic and bookshops like you know quimby's of course carries my book you know forbidden planet it's been a desert island um you know so you can always try and i i, I think supporting of course supporting silver sprocket please uh do it but you know you also want to support your your small uh shops so they stay open so um you can always you know give them a call see if they carry my book um, I have my own big cartel shop that's on my website. Um, I do everything just through my name, which is um, Corinne Halbert. Um, so like my website's CorinneHalbert.com. And, uh, you know, I, I, I unfortunately don't do international shipping uh, just because it got really stressful and expensive for me. So I had yeah. to I had to take that off my plate. I mean, I only have so much energy, um, you know, because I do everything yeah, it's, myself. It's it's a lot. You try to give as much service as you can, but, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, thanks for that. I definitely have um, I definitely have a, a couple more questions, but um, I'm going to indulge myself. And you had mentioned your husband in the strange uh, tapes, uh, strange tape scene. Now, um, I can tell you that my contact with all that wonderful content like i was gonna be like yo you want to come on this show but could you tell can you tell um could you tell us a little bit about this as like maybe just uh, so folks can know like where to find like strange tape stuff i love it so much yeah. i can't believe i can't believe that like i'm sticking my nose up against the door and being like it's right here so um, <laughs> like, i feel like i'm looking in through the window you're gonna open this bookstore soon but could you just tell us you know all of whatever you can and what about that yeah no it's strange shapes is awesome um it's an incredible zine where he um you know he's invited a lot of his friends you know he's done interviews he has guest writers it's absolutely amazing he did this um it, i think it's sold out but he did a, a kind of offshoot called cinema grab ass that i did i my got a copy I got a copy. Oh, of, oh, awesome. I got a copy of Cinema Grab Ass. That has my favorite movie review I've ever done of Under Siege. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which, okay, um, this is so familiar right now. <laughs> yay! You know, I we watched Under Siege together, and I was so 
pumped up after watching that movie. I loved it so much. It was so fun. It's so absurd. And then I just, my best movie reviews come when I just like write it immediately after. And, um, you know, he published it in there. And then there's a hilarious bit about, um, oh God, what's that awful Carrot Top movie? Oh, <laughs> he tried it- to make me watch Carrot Top, Chairman of yeah. the Board. And I, you know, I was just like, there's certain movies that just irritate me um, to this level that I just, I actually sort of get angry. And I, we got about two minutes into Chairman and the Board and I was like, I can't watch this movie. I'm going to go crazy. You go back to Under Siege, you don't know how many parties I killed if I'm talking about like uh, Tolstoy and Plato. And then I launch into Seagal. And I, it's a party killer, but I'm still going just like I was. Oh on my the other God. Stuff. I mean, I'm we like, we love his movies in this I house. As a go. man, I don't know what his whole story is. I don't, I don't even pretend to know any of that. Yeah. But his, his movies are just incredible. We actually just watched one from, I think 2009 called a dangerous man. <laughs> it was, it was so fun. It it wasn't quite the under siege level, you know. It's not the best <laughs> production value, but it was it was a similar level of fun. Um, and so that was a really really hilarious one. Within the first like five minutes of the movie, like eight years of stuff happens. Like they're rolling. They're still rolling. The credits. <laughs> this is like a weird. Eight years of things. This is a weird happened. time frame. <laughs> Give me three months, eight years. I can't even put it into a decade. It's really funny. I mean, and then just some of his, some of his one liners and like, you know, uh, oh, his speaking parts. He I truly, live for it. he truly is the man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He truly oh, yeah. is, is the oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, but it, I but, tell you, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just to get back to, you know, yeah, yeah. the question was about strange tapes. So he has, you know, an inst- I my, I do most of my um, posting and stuff most heavily on Instagram, and that's just my name, you know, Corinne Halbert. And then he has um, his Instagram page, which I think is Strange Tapes Zine. Um, and so he does a lot of posting on there. He's got the YouTube channel, which I believe is also Strange Tapes Zine. And then he's got a big cartel uh, shop, uh, Strange Tapes zine um where he sells his uh zines and he also sometimes does um vhs releases like he just did one for an amazing film called computer hearts with um his buddy lunch meat so yeah he does incredible stuff so i can't recommend that enough i can't recommend it enough folks um and i would say that the zines are in the back order of the room that i'm recording and i would also say behind my Improv to uh, sound buffer of the studio. Studio. There is, um, I can't remember which one exactly. There, right behind this wall, is a Seagal VHS tape that I can visually see. I oh just can't God, remember amazing. which one. It, so, like, There's this so is many. This, this is some sort of sanctuary. The VHS is behind <laughs> it. So, amazing. thank you for the very personal indulgence in in uh, everybody listening. If you have a yeah. chance, or you need to have a a good laugh and some fun at some wild, amazing, and sometimes very absurd material. 
Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I can't say tape. that it, you know, someone might not offend some people, you know, but you know, if you can just oh. have fun and, uh, you know, uh, appreciate it for what it is. It's, it, it's Oops, not sorry. a waltz through the park. It's kind of like you got to dig through, uh, you gotta, you gotta just kind of wade through the swamp. It's not, it's not a wall. Yeah. Here. No. You so. gotta, you gotta meet it where it's at. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. That's your, that's, that's our, uh, from Corinne and Ken, that's your cultural, uh, input and cultural flow for now. Um, I gotta ask you the, the big question of the show, um, and, uh, let you take a crack at it. Sure. Why is there something rather than nothing? Well, See, I want to I want to like weave in and out of this because I think sometimes nothing is 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 the, the great starting point to get something. And it's always nice to have something rather than nothing. Um, I think the coolest thing about artists is that they literally are in a lot of ways creating something out of nothing like it didn't exist before. You know, it's not really out of nothing because it's from their, you know, internal landscape, their memories, their desires. Um, so that is something. But you literally are creating something yeah. sort of out of thin air. It didn't it didn't exist before and now it exists. And that's sort of one of the most powerful things that human beings can do in this world. And I'm happy that I get to live a life where I'm fortunate enough to, you know, be able to just diligently work on my paintings, comics, writing, um, because the act of creation is just the most important thing to me, you know, aside from the people that I love in my life. Oh, well, thank you uh, so much for that. I, uh, yeah. I, I've thought about the question just in the general way you speak about it. I've, I've thought about it from, from the get go in that way, as far as like the idea of creation and no, it's not that there's nothing, nothing there, but there is nothing that you've transformed into something different. You pulled sound into ear like we are right now, or you've, you know, dropped the ink onto the onto the blank paper and it looks this way now. And I think there's something like right at that point. That's uh, I, I, I like that. I like that point. Another thing I wanted to say, Corinne is um, not too many folks have answered like the, what is art question the way you did like art is this art is this art is this. And I, I just love that oh, because it, 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 um, I'm a philosopher. So I think about, it. I want to string together the words and how is the beauty created and how this, but um, not too many folks answer it that way. And just like those declarations um, like were really helpful to me. Like they, you hear them and it's like, Oh, it is this and it is this and it is this. So I just, oh, I'm so just, glad. Yeah. I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I um, wanted to, I wanted to ask you and I, it seems like a cliche question and it is a bit indulgent, but uh, you said you had a, um, like, you know, just this great, like this big uh, book collection. And um, one of the things with like cult films is that nobody knows about them. Like nobody, not nobody, but you know, people are in the scene, know these cause they're classic, yeah. but like, could you mention just like a few of the type of things like for folks, as far as like 
that have been like impactful on you uh, with within sure. that or within your collection? Absolutely. Because I know how you relate to the things that you'll talk about. So that's why I'm asking. So, yeah, absolutely. So the things I like to collect at the very top of the list is original art. Uh, I am not sort of in the financial situation at the moment that I can collect on that level that I'd like, but I have a pretty extensive original art collection. I actually have an original Al Columbia, which is basically my prized possession because uh, he's one of my top three favorite artists. Um, you know, I have a Heather Benjamin. I have a bunch of Gregory Jacobsons. I have, you know, quite a few yeah. original pieces that I'm, I'm very, very um, near and dear to my heart. And then um, comics, zines, um, books. I like vintage. Like, even within that, you know, um, there's, like, different subsets. Like, I collect vintage paperbacks. I yeah. collect vintage smut. Uh, you know, I have those, like, you know, uh, I have them actually right here. Um, like, bizarre and exotique. Those fetish, uh, like, John Willie artwork. Uh, those fetish yeah. books that have been collected of the old magazines. And then I also collect a ton of vintage magazines, a lot of women's magazines, like McCall's, uh, but also things like Movie Star Parade, you know, from the 1930s all the way up to the 70s. Those are um, fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, I use those as reference in my artwork. And um, I'm very particular about aesthetics, you know. And I should mention also that uh, when I was a kid growing up, my my mom and my my dad um, got divorced like right before my third birthday, and that's why we left Alaska to go to Massachusetts. And we lived with my grandparents, who helped take care of my brother and I uh, for about uh, nine years, something like that. Because we when we moved out, I was eleven. Um, but anyways, my grandparents house, you know, they bought it in, I think the 1950s, uh, you know, and so it had this like very fifties, sixties decor and they never updated it, you know, oh, like wow. my bedroom had like the pop, uh, you know, the big bright color flowers, like neon green, neon pink, neon yellow. Whoa. And then like the, um, the, the den room was like orange and brown and, you know, the kitchen was like that acid yellow that's like almost green. It's like that weird yellow and it's like really yeah. vivid. Um, and, you know, like the tile on the floor was like yellow and brown. And so, um, you know, a huge part of my nostalgic love of sort of the 70s 60s era comes from that experience like it's in my dna you know um so i, I it's it's it, it literally gives me um sort of relief as a human existing yeah. when i see vintage things and so if that helps explain you know my obsession and and love of that stuff um, and in terms of movies, yeah. uh, my top three movies, um, you know, they're from a couple different eras, you know, seventies, uh, eighties. Um, but, uh, the devils by Ken Russell, um, mm -hmm. he is just one of the most brilliant filmmakers that ever lived, um, possession. Um, I cannot, z z z I, I can't say it's a Polish director and I'm going to butcher his name. So I'm not going to try. Um, 
and then um, Maniac, you know, William Lustig and oh, yeah. uh, starring Joe P- Spinell. Um, and, you know, I love so many different movies. I could rattle off, you know, movies after movies. Um, Agfa is an incredible resource if you want to get into like, you know, Doris Wishman and uh, they just release all this absolutely incredible stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I just love, I love a vintage aesthetic. Oh, thank you. I saw, I remember one time, um, I saw the band electric wizard. Um, I love electric wizard. I, 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 it was one of the greatest shows ever I, I've ever yeah, seen. Did the screen in the back? Yeah, yeah. So cool. And they had the screen, and and I wasn't, you know, I was so drawn, and it was so so subversive, like of an aesthetic, like it, the whole thing was just just right at you. And of course, the sounds of Electric Wizard. I was. I was completely blown away. As a matter of fact, I'm going to look for some of my old video from that. It was one of the most, I've seen them once and it was one of the most amazing things, but I never, of course you see video, right? You're around art and stuff like that. You see video yeah. installations and this and that, but there was something about how it's like so central in its impact on the overall aesthetic. It's like, I saw electric wizard now. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw them. Gosh, when was it? It was like maybe 2017. Um, I've it seen them. About I, think, right. I think I think I've seen them twice. I've definitely yeah. I definitely saw them about 2017 ish. Uh, it's hard for me. My memory um, as I age, and you know, I I eat a lot of edibles. You know, so it's like <laughs> all the all the like trauma and aging and weed and like my there's my a, memory there's a lot of impacts. Dark. There's <laughs> a lot of impacts. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I can't remember like the years I went to see shows anymore, but whatever, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And the, and the video footage they show, like the satanic rituals and I love it so much. It was, it was wild. It just felt wild. And I didn't know how to like handle it all in my head, you know, like it was all just, it was all just felt wild and a bit chaotic and, um, so 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 impressive. So yeah, it's glad the sound is just so yeah. good. It's just the whole yeah. package. Yes, I gotta somehow corral electric wizard onto something rather than nothing. Maybe that's oh. our next. Maybe that's our next scheme. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank you so much, uh, Corinne. Um, uh, just having uh, you know, just having a, a fun and great conversation about some stuff that. Uh, uh, you know, to, to really dig in about and have fun about and, uh, Seagal and, uh, you know, acid, <laughs> acid nun and VHS tapes. Um, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I really thank you for it. having me on here. It's my pleasure. It's such a delightful conversation. Yeah. It's, it's good that it's good to have fun. And, and, um, you know, a lot of the art stuff and I'll put, you know, a bunch of this in, in the show notes. Um, you know, if you, if you know things feel kind of strange lately, at least for me, sometimes it's good to just kind of grab that the uh, grab that weird electricity and laugh at it, or just kind of go for the ride for a bit to let some of that strange Absolutely. stuff out, right? <laughs> Absolutely, I, I'm I try to get into a flow state instead of. I mean, I have put up so much resistance uh, to stuff over the course of my life. I'm at that point where I I had this realization the other day. I was like. 
I just need to make a lot more room for things to go wrong, <laughs> you know, like just make the space for it, you know, That's, so that uh... I'm not so, you know, upset when it goes wrong because it's going to go wrong. <laughs> I think you dropped into a big idea not to be missed there. Like, <laughs> no, express that way because I think we try to do it. And I think and living in a whatever pace that we are, there's no space, right? Like mm-hmm. this, can't go, this can't go wrong in my head because this is connected to that thing. And I think what you're mm-hmm. saying is like, yo, it's going to get, it's going to get fucked up a bit. So exactly, like, let it a little bit or throw some room in there. Cause it's going to happen. Exactly. A hundred percent. All right. We've unlocked the key to life philosophy. Thank you. <laughs> Corinne Halbert. We didn't know. Listeners, that we would get to this point, um, <laughs> but we have, but we have. Yay! So, um, <laughs> I would expect more uh, zines, videotape type episodes uh, coming up soon. Um, and I uh, just wanted to thank you again, Corinne. Uh, great thank pleasure to you. meet you. Such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing, 